This episode was pre-recorded before December 30th, 2023, with the passing of actor Tom Wilkinson. Hello everyone, it's Saturday, February 3rd. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart, take a through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh. And I am Chelsea Davidson. This episode is not sponsored by Maynard's Wine Gums. I swear we've eaten, eaten Maynard's Wine Gums on here before, um, and I, we will be eating them the entire episode. I but don't think we have. I feel like, like I have. try to go through our list. We've eaten Maynard's Fuzzy Peach. We've eaten sour. We've eaten the sour cherry blasters. I do love a wine gum, and and the reason why we're we're doing wine gums this week is because we were thinking of wine. No, we were thinking of British, <laughs> and wine gums have a very British history. So, we wanted to go British, but also be accessible to people who are not necessarily, you know, British. Um, yeah. And Maynard's is what we thought of. And the reason why we're doing that is we're using a classic British actor as our theme this week. Because his birthday is in two days on Monday. Mm-hmm. It is uh, the wonderful... Go, go ahead. I'll let you introduce. My mouth's full. <laughs> now my mouth's full. <laughs> we're talking about Tom Wilkinson. God, that was close. I nearly ended up inhaling that. So Tom Wilkinson, fantastic actor. If you don't know him, you do. You just don't know you know him. Yeah. Um... He's incredible. And let's start off... uh, Oh, actually, I should say... I should say that we do spoil things. Oh, yes. Yes. So, during our podcasts, we spoil many a thing. So, leave now or forever prepare for pop culture spoilers. We'll do our usual routine where we have our pop culture artifacts right up front that shape us and why they're memorable. Then we have our fan theory fight club where we argue the merits and detriments of some of the fan theories we've heard. And lastly, we will play a quick round of Twist the Sister where one of us loves something about this beloved actor and the other one's like eh well it's not the actor like don't bring the hate onto the actor it's the hate on something that the actor was can in. you tell that i love the thing and daisy doesn't <laughs> i i wouldn't even say i hate the thing right. it's just okay let's the start thing with the artifact me. let's the start with the artifact so um i love this because I, I I don't know if this happened for you the first time you watched it, because we didn't watch it at the same time for the first time. I watched it when it came out. But this, to me, is so connected to my childhood, because I remember so vividly the very first time I watched it, Mom put it on after Dad whined and whined about how amazing this movie was. He goes, it's so good, it's so funny, oh, she's got to watch it, she's got to watch it. You were way too young. And he, put, he, he insisted, Mom way put it young. on. Have we said that it's the full Monty? No, we had not said that. It was I just, I just realized, I just started talking about why it was important to me, and I was like, oh, I don't think we introduced it. Yeah, it's the full on to you. Hang on, then. Why were all them women in working men's club in first place, eh? Now then, because it was men. You call them Chippendales men? Degrading, that's what it were. How many lasses were there, though? Thousands. Baying for blood. Ten quid and all to watch some fucking puff get his kit off. Ten quid, right? Times ten quid by a thousand, right? And you've got... Yeah, well, a lot. A very lot. Ten thousand quid. How much? Ten thousand quid. I know, Dave. I mean, uh, it's worth a thought, though, isn't it? Oh, hi. I just see little and large prancing around Sheffield with the widgets hanging out. Now that would be worth ten quid. Don't be so bloody We're just saying, Widgets on parade, bring your own microscope. So, the full Monty, for anyone who doesn't know what it is. It's the guy who plays Rumpelstiltskin in Once Upon a Time. Oh my god. 
Okay, we don't need, need we don't need a cast. It's about out of work British working class men who, who the factories that they worked at were steel shut mill, down. Steel mill. Yeah. Steel mill was thriving, now it's not. It's all closed down. They're out of work. Um, and they're struggling. Some of them are divorced. Some of them are overweight. Some of them are just feeling age. Some of them are going through sexual identity crisis. Lots of things that are going on. Some of them um, are having death, deaths in the family. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. But, but they're, they're of a certain age. It's just a shitty age. time for they're a certain age. They're definitely uh, like approaching middle age for some of them. I'd say they're all basically I, middle age. You know age. what? Actually, that's not true. They're, they're, they're a little bit earlier than that. But They're whatever. supposed to be like... 30s 30s and their boss their boss is supposed to be like in his 50s yeah no matter what happens though they're all getting screwed and they spend a lot of time at the job center trying to get a job funny enough funny enough the actor that we were talking about today he played their boss back when the steel mill was running yeah that's and he still has that mentality that That he's he's their boss yeah and what can i get into my favorite moment of the whole thing yeah. So the the premise of the whole thing is that they want to they find out that a bunch of men are coming in and uh, kind of like Chippendale renting routines. out the men's club the men's the their club it's yeah. a men's club it's for it's for men to to go and have you know hobbies it's 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 a I don't know how to describe it it's like a rec center specifically for men like I like call a, it a bar because that's basically what it is they rent out a bar with a stage no no it's a men's club okay it's like a YMCA almost potato but potato. A Potato, potato. Yeah. Uh, and all of these women are paying, like, a shit ton of money to see... It's like the Thunder Down Under town coming through. Chippendales. Yeah, yeah doing Chippendale stuff. And all the women are paying hand over fist to go and see the men. The naked men. The young naked men. But they're not actually naked. They're but, wearing They're wearing thongs. Yeah, that's what they do. Well, they get an idea, specifically the main character, who I told you is Rumpelstiltskin from Once Upon a Time. He, him and his buddy. He's done so many good he turns, I just, I love him in that. <laughs> um, he turns around. He needs to pay a certain amount of money so that he can keep seeing his son. Otherwise, his wife, his ex-wife is going to get custody. full custody. And he wants to be able to pay child support. And he also wants to be around because he loves his son. Well, he turns around and says, hold on. If you're going to see a bunch of scrawny guys like that, not even get naked on stage and pay a load of money for it. We will do the full thing. We will get... No, no, they say initially, just he just has the idea of like, oh, we'll do that. We'll do that. But then they get laughed at by some of the local women. And they're like, why they would said, we do why that? Would, why would we see you over them? And he turns around... And he around, goes, well, we're the real deal. We, we do the full Monty, which is slang for... Naked-naked. Truly naked. Naked-naked, nice and By shaky. the way, they were truly naked. They yeah. did the oh, scene. Yeah. And they got supremely drunk to do the scene as yeah, well. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to be naked. The actors said they were doing one take and one take only. Yeah. So we better get this right. And I they love, were getting I so love the drunk. end of it. Anyway, um, so uh, that's the whole idea. And they're trying to just recruit some people but the key who, have, is, who have nice bodies or can dance well so that they can do a decent show, get yeah, enough get money, a lineup of, and of they all can, they can all split the profits and have enough to live decently for a little bit before they can get their job. Because there's like no jobs in town. Well, Back on track. My favorite part of the whole thing is when they go to their old boss, who is Tom Wilkinson, and they tell him their idea. And he goes, it'll never work. And they say why. And I can't quote this directly, but he says, 
because he's fat, you're thin, and you're both you, effing ugly. Yeah, yeah, he says, you're and too is, fat, and you're no, too skinny. No, he says, because he's fat, you're thin, and you're both effing ugly. And it's yeah. hilarious. The way he delivers yeah. it, it makes perfect sense why they go and take a run at him after, and they're ready to, like, you know, beat each other up. And it all stems from the fact as well, the reason why they're coming back to him is that he has dance? He knows how to do ballroom dance. Yeah. So, so they think you can dance. You've got set. rhythm. You can come up with choreography. This is going to work. Yeah. But he's like, you're all a bunch of waste of space. I don't want to spend any he's time. He's not with been you. their friend this entire time. He's, yeah. He's always he's been... thought he's better than them. Yeah. Um. And I just I it's one of it to me it's like the funniest thing that happens in the whole thing. I just I love the way he delivers it. I love everything that ensues after because of it. I even love when they go and they crash his dance class. Yeah. And they're, like, playing with the gnomes in the, the job no, interview the that gnomes, he's doing. Yeah, that's sad. It's, it's, it's unfortunate for him, but it's hilarious in the background because they're, like, going along the wall trying to distract yeah. him during his job interview because they want him to join them. And they will do anything to sabotage his chance. Getting a job elsewhere. Yeah. They which want him mean, with which them. Which is mean in retrospect. Yeah. Um, and they end up breaking one of the gnomes. Yeah, and, and then, and, and then as in, like a show of friendship, they, get they a glue it wagon, back together. They glue it together. They bring him a little like wagon, or not a wagon, a wheelbarrow for the gnomes to have on the lawn. It's so funny to kind of apologize for what yeah. they've done. And yeah, yeah, it, it's because he says you don't get it. It's my last chance. She wants to go skiing. She wants to keep living the lifestyle that know. we had. His wife does not. Know and it's that been he's like been it's off. been like six months or nine months or something, and he's not told the wife that he isn't going to work every day. So yeah. the money is just dwindling but he's he has pride and he he, thinks he won't he'll just tell get, her he'll get a job and make up for it and he'll just advance his pay or something so she's never any wiser but but it's not working out that safe way to say it doesn't work that way she spends a lot of money yeah um but i like the whole like theme of like found friendship and i even love that there was like a little bit of gay romance in it without it feeling like tokenism like yeah. it felt kind of authentic that the yeah. characters kind of went and that their reaction way. to it as well is is kind of interesting because like they're not against it but they are like they're still working class British guys so they they will make a joke at their expense yeah so it does feel authentic to to how someone might still be embracing of a person but at the same time make them give them a bit of, of a them. ribbing because that's what you do with your friends like you still make fun even though like you would never I do love that. you and I show you, you by teasing you may not be how you really <laughs> feel but you're like oh this is something that I can make fun of yeah and so um, I will but yeah I just I, I love that it, the movie always just feels very nostalgic for me because of my childhood oh, like me it's and nostalgia my grandmother. of that me and my grandmother sat and watched this movie a trillion times yeah and I was like six seven like it's not really <laughs> what I should have been watching at that time but oh my god I, I loved it. Me and her loved it. Didn't Tom you always, Jones. Didn't you also say you used to love the scene where they're waiting in the line and you could see them that dancing That scene was almost it? cut. Yeah. yeah. Funny it's enough, great. One of the best scenes, arguably, in the movie and one of the most memorable, When they're I all think, in the line. They're waiting in line to cash their, like, their, I don't know what it would be called there, but, like, their EI check, their employment insurance, their, their... Yeah, whatever their EI. It. Yeah. But, but I don't and know they're in line the and the song that they've been practicing to is Hot Stuff. So, and it comes on the radio. So they start doing their routine that they've been practicing. Standing in and line, they're all one in foot line. back, one foot forward, one foot back, one foot forward. And one of them, because he gets to be like next in line, he goes to walk forward and he does a whole like spin. But the main character is in a separate line. And watching them do reason. it. And he, he glances over and sees them all doing it. Yeah, and he's kind of like smirking. A he's laughing at Because he can doing. see it. And everyone that's around them is looking like, why are they dancing? And why are they yeah. all dancing? It's a great scene because it's 
it's so subtle. Yeah, and of course, the end is amazing because the end's amazing because you can see that they they're nervous to be doing it, but they're also kind of giggly. Like, because you're doing it together, it's a fun experience. Especially... You mean the finale where they do the full yeah, monty? Yeah. Okay. Especially, um, the red-headed guy, mm-hmm. and him that plays Gary is the main character, him that's... Mm-hmm. In they're the, all funny. Like, the smirking and looking at each other, the glancing... It's so authentic to what you do with because your bodies. Because about you, they felt that way. Because they're like, oh shit, we are really taking our clothes off in front of His, a bunch of women in a second. The way he's smiling cracks me up. And I love the way that the lights... Like, they do the light flares so that you can't see everything. Mm-hmm. You just see their bumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the uh, swinging of the thongs. You can leave your hat When they're holding their hat over their <laughs> junk. And they rip their thongs off and they're just swinging them back and forth like a pendulum in front. Mm-hmm. And turn around and, they and wiggle toss their butt. Them, and they yeah. toss them and they wiggle their butts. Yeah. Yeah. They toss everything. It all this goes. sounds like a really raunchy movie when it's not even close. It's really comedic. It is really, really funny. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And I love it. when he plays hot chocolate and he's pretending to be a stripper and the cigarette's still in his mouth. He nearly burns himself. He's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> he has to get all off and take the cigarette out of his mouth. Isn't there a story as well? Remind me. There's a story, I think, with Tom Wilkinson where they're, they're talking about like fear of not being large enough or something of that effect. Oh, and the one guy, the Talks older... about when he went swimming. They did swim lessons. Yeah. He, he, he says, what if what if it, it doesn't, you know, what if it's, like, cold or something and they, they go and he's in. he's like, what about the opposite problem? Yeah, he goes, what if what if you see someone really pretty? Yeah, he's like... And he's like, I've got a wife, you know, this yeah. isn't good. And, yeah. and he's like, relax. Yeah. He's like, I might have the opposite issue to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and they're going through... Anyway. It's really cute. Yeah, it is really, really good. They, um, they're talking about really rude stuff, but it's done in a really cute way. Yeah. That Very like, work-a-day. You're like, these men deserve a hug. <laughs> so, I have an interesting fan theory this week for you. And yes. the fan theory is... I a, love this movie. It's about another movie. I'm not going to talk about the movie. I love the movie. We're not Can talk I talk about it really quick? Really, really quick. I only have three points. The movie is called... I only called, have three points. Are there any of them to do with Tom? No. Then No. Please. <laughs> the movie is Shakespeare in Love. Your Majesty. Speak up, girl. I know who I am. Do you love stories of kings and queens? Of feats of arms? Or is it courtly love? I love theatre. To have stories acted for me by a company of fellows is indeed... They're not acted for you. They're acted for me. And? And I love poetry above all... Above Lord Wessex. My lord, when you cannot find your wife, you better look for her at the playhouse. (laughs) Playwrights teach us nothing about love. They make it pretty, they make it comical, or they make it lust. They cannot make it true. Amazing movie. So I just really wanted to say that I love that the movie was really funny and unique, and that it kind of made Shakespeare, because the character of Thingy Finds in it. Um, Is it Rafe Finds? Or... No, Ralph Fiennes is the other guy. It's Rafe. Not Ralph. I know, I always said it wrong, too. I don't care. Um, him from What's Handmaid's his, Tale. What's his name? Um, I don't know. You just, you corrected my pronunciation, and you didn't even know the name yourself. So don't no, get I'm my face. No, I'm trying to think of what that guy's name is. Um, anyway. Is it Rafe? Oh, He's got a brother. Yeah, it's the other Fiennes. 
Anyway, sure? I like that they made Shakespeare kind of human in that, like, he has faults, but they also made him seem, like, really cool. Because, like, he was still doing really boss shit, but he was also dealing with really human stuff at the same time. What's his name? Joseph Fiennes. Yeah. That's his um, name. And the other thing that I want to just comment on, I love Judy Dench. But in no universe will I understand how she won an Oscar for sitting on a chair and judging people she, for like eight she minutes. She kills the scenes that she's in. She's so. in it for like eight minutes and she just looks super judgy over all of these people. She's the queen. She's the queen. Yeah. But like, it's eight <laughs> so minutes, that makes hon. Sense. The movie's like two hours and she's in it for eight minutes. No. <laughs> no. You're just not having it. Okay. I, I'm not. It's ridiculous. She's done so many great things and you're telling me she wins for this? Like, ugh, it's just, it's like with Leo, when they gave it for The Revenant, and he's sitting here, sitting on What's Eating Gilbert Grape and Titanic. Uh, Give me a break. Okay, don't, so. Don't sign. Like, so I'm the exhausting. fan theory, you're exhausting. The fan theory. This is an interesting fan theory, because it's not necessarily about the film itself. It's about, it's around the film, but not about the plot of the film. <laughs> you're like, it's, it's connected it, it is not connected fully. it's not the plot that we're talking about oh, yeah. so the fan theory is that this is the moment this film is the one that ruined Gwyneth Paltrow and Winona Ryder's very strong friendship which is an interesting theory so it ruined Gwyneth Paltrow yeah and, and Winona, Winona Ryder. Ryder's yeah they were best friends they lived together Ooh. They were best friends. You don't that know this. That seems this like a really weird... That seems it's a like, very weird That friendship. seems like what it happened in Wednesday, where like one side was rainbows and the other side was black. Yes, that's, that's exactly that, what it was that's like. That's very what it feels yeah. like. So, allegedly, what happened... This is allegedly. Gwyneth Paltrow... This is an insider Win stuff. Winona, we don't know them. Winona Ryder... This is why it's a theory, right? Winona Ryder ha was in talks to potentially play Viola. Okay. So, she was in talks... She had a copy of, of the script, or, or at least a portion of it, Allegedly, Paltrow saw it, read it, stole it from under her, took it to her agent, got the role, and won the Oscar. And then they never, ever, ever were friends again. So, my question is... Yeah. Do you think that's true? Well, no offense to it's Gwen, really, but she does really, seem like a bit of a snake. <laughs> like, she does seem like she would steal Gwyneth it. Paltrow? I, I have vocally said how much I think Gwyneth Paltrow is a piece of shit person. <laughs> I... I Go on the record. If I ever meet her, I really hope she proves me wrong, but I have no, no belief that she will. This is a woman that has said countless horrible things that, and she doesn't apologize for any of them. She really does believe them. And she smiles while she says that. <laughs> like, she's the, it, it's the weirdest. Didn't she say, step didn't she say, in situation she said seen. something like she'd rather smoke crack. Ha then, then have my kid eat tinned meat or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. really weird. Yeah, really weird. She's horrible. The woman makes candles that are supposed to smell like her vagina. Like I can tell you now, I would not be buying that candle. What level of ego? Everybody else is like, oh, I wouldn't buy that candle you if know, it smelled like my own. You know, I su I suffer from low self esteem. She suffers from high self esteem. <laughs> she's she's got something else going it's on. Too high. Yeah. So. She won the Oscar, and I think she thinks she's. Is it, but hold on, isn't this since. isn't this a Weinstein film? So it was a very rough time for Gwyneth mm. in her own way. I'm not sure. I I know there was some shit going so on. So I think if no, she that did was seven. That was during seven. That was during seven. No, because she won her Oscar. I realize, but during seven, she was with Brad Pitt, and that was when the shit went down with Weinstein. No, 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 no. That's when he found out, and he was going to kill him. 
But wasn't it? <sighs> Use your it? damn phone instead of mine. L- look no, up. No, look look it. it up right now. What movie came first? No, no, Seven, no. That's not the question. Or, I'm pretty sure it's you a. You can't find out something from the future. So yes. Why can't you just? You have your I phone have, in your hand. I it's have, like an extension of you. Just go I on have to the, the information that I need. Oh yeah, yeah, God, girl, you're killing me. So, don't we just need to know if Shakespeare in Love is a Weinstein film? No, because that it would answer my is. question. It definitely is. Then that's what he did. That's not what I'm asking. That's exactly Shakespeare what in did. Love was from 1998. Yeah. And the movie Seven, Seven was 95. Was 95. I don't, I don't think you're right about that. I think okay. it was on the set of Seven, because she's in that movie. She's in Seven? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's I need in the to box? watch Seven. What's in the box? Ahead. What's in the box? Anyway. Great, great scene. Anyway. Um, I do think that she would have stolen it from Winona. Yeah, we all believe having, that Gwyneth Paltrow's a piece of shit. Do you believe that Gwyneth Paltrow is a piece of shit? Uh, having... Uh, but knowing that, though, why would you want to rush back into a production company with a guy that was so creepy towards you, you know? Okay, you're you're focused on the wrong thing here. I mean, interesting way of turning it. Well, like, no, I'm just saying, if, if like, I she was being role. sexually harassed by my boss, I wouldn't want to turn around and leave that company, and then in three years come back to that company. Does she know that they're doing the production? She might not know that at this point. Well, he was like a he was a power player at the time. They'd say, "Oh, it's being yeah. produced by such and such." But she might just have a script. So she just stole the script and With hopped no on knowledge. board, and then went, "Aw, shit!" Made a boo boo. Yeah. yeah, that could also happen. Yeah, you saw the prices on Goop. Those are not... For, like, a white t-shirt. Those oh, are, that was Kanye West. Those Kanye are, West sold Those are not made with, with the clients in mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she has no interest <laughs> for you. Like, she... If you're on food stamps, you might as well be invisible. <laughs> that is that is the Gwyneth Paltrow mantra. If you're not buying goop, you might as well be invisible, Charles. Yeah. Like, come on. First of all, goop? Ew. What a name <laughs> choice. I mean, we don't forget it, but that's because she shoved it down our throats so much. Have okay. some more goop! Okay. <laughs> okay. So, we both agree that that is definitely... And I feel bad for Winona Ryder. Because Winona Ryder was was on a kick. She was on a kick. Winona Ryder um, is, like, hella famous, right? For her roles when she was younger. But I think it's insane. She did an interview, and I love David Harbour's face in the interview. You've probably seen it. Oh, my God. This is such a tangent. But, yes, I know what you're talking about. She 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 has a view of herself. She has terrible... She has, self-esteem. Self-esteem. she has low self-esteem. She has low self-esteem. Like, she has low self-esteem as opposed to she her, her girlfriend. In an interview and said that she was not attractive in the 80s. Girl was great looking in the 80s. She had a whole like niche yeah, around but, her. Yeah, but talk about what his face does. His face is like this this girl crazy. Like his whole face. It, it's like if you're married to someone and they're like, oh, they're way out of my league. And then your partner looks at you like, are you crazy? I'm the one that won the jackpot. That's the kind of face that he pulls when she says she wasn't attractive in the 80s. He looks like that's crazy. Yeah, which is a great, great thing. But it's, it's hilarious. Funny. It's funny because his character is supposed to be in love with her character in Stranger Things, but it's really funny the way he just looks like, are you crazy? You're amazing looking at the 80s. You know what I like to say, though? People know who Winona Ryder is now because of Stranger Things. Nobody hmm. knows who Gwyneth Paltrow is. So there, Gwyneth, I don't care about your dirty little Oscar. And that's my final statement. Now you have to twist me so you can't be done talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's my final statement about Gwyneth. I really don't like Gwyneth. Um, I've never met her. We buy the theory. This is based entirely on how she has presented herself to the public. 
So she either is really shit I am the giving public. first impressions. Uh, second, third, 29th, 400th impressions. Just really, really bad. Okay. Really bad. Now you must twist me. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So. You want me to, do you want me to tell you what I like about it so you know what you have to well, work on? Well, let's start by actually mentioning what the movie is. Okay. So the movie is, would you like to say what the movie is? You no, go. you're, you're choking on freaking wine gums. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Wait, 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 Hollis. I knew it, Hollis. Hollis, it didn't start out to be like this. I came here to work. Hollis, this is a one-time mistake. I have a stupid girl with yeah. a stupid crush. I swear, I basically forced him into it. Don't be a monster, Howard. Tell the girl. Tell me what? Oh, you poor kid. You can have him. You did. What? Oh, uh, we have a history. I'm sorry. You, you wanted the procedure. You, you wanted it done so you could get past, uh, you can, yeah. Um, I have to, uh, finish the work in there. It's almost morning. We'll, we'll talk later. Okay? So Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, very indie, despite having a very all-star cast. So tell me your issues, so and then I'll just... I went in. Them. I went into this movie. I went into this movie. I love Jim Carrey. Love Kate Winslet already. Putting them together. Here's your this problem. Is be great. Here's your first issue. Cast against type. Cast entirely against type. Because when you think of Jim Carrey, you think of like comedic actor. You think of, you know. Oh, but I know. I, I know he can be serious. He as leans well. into the positive, though. No matter what he's yeah. in, he leans into the positive. This movie, he's leans into negative. He's depressed. Yeah. Can I get to what I don't actually like about it? Because I didn't turn around and, and say I was mad about them. Refined, Calm refined. Down. Kate Winslet, so uh, refined and so put together at all times, plays a freaking manic pixie dream girl in this. Okay. How? Never again. You already know I don't like the manic pixie dream girl, but I need to focus on what I actually wanted to say, not you losing it on me so i went into this movie thinking i like the cast that's a good thing but i also went in thinking it was gonna be a romantic movie wrong it's tragic yes um movie really made me realize at a young age that i would never give up memories even if like my heart was broken to a thousand pieces mm -hmm. if if like if if someone really close to me died i still wouldn't even give the memories up of them if it meant i felt better for five minutes because it's Hold not on. worth it. I think it. You, we need to give some context before you go into to this part. So this movie is fascinating in that it is so interpretive, first of all. It is about memory. And we all know that memory can be unreliable, which is important to understand as we go into this. Well, the title is very self-explanatory when you know the movie. Uh, yes, yes and no. Um, so Clementine is a manic pixie dream girl. Played by Kate Winslet. She's I love that her name's Clementine. She's definite. Hold on, I get into that at some point. Okay, so she's definitely playing against type. She is kooky, and her hair changes from green to orange to blue, which is actually how we're able to keep track That's of her. That's one of my notes. She made me want to dye yeah. my hair blue. It's how we can keep track of her, though, because of this. 
because it's a non-linear narrative. So we don't know which version of, of Clementine we're getting. Are we getting the past? Are we getting the present? We don't know which one we're encountering. So her hair is actually usually symbolic for us to understand which one we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. uh, Joel is the main character. He's played by Jim Carrey. He's a depressed individual. Uh, he really should have outgrown his teenage malaise period, but he just hasn't. He's still stuck in that. Um, and basically, this is what the film is about. And I I'm going to quote heavily, actually, from a Vanity Fair article, just to be concise. Uh, it was written on March 19th, 2019, by Kay Austin Collins. So, a company named Lacuna Inc., which in and of itself is a symbol, um, is staffed by the likes of Elijah Wood, Mark Ruffalo, Kirsten Dunst, and Tom Wilkinson. Hi, Tom. Uh, he takes the, uh, sorry, they take the objects that you associate with the person you want to forget, pictures, gifts, anything that stir up the pain of a relationship, and they create a map of the person in your mind, and then memory by memory, Lacuna makes that person disappear from your past, from your memory of the past. Friends and neighbors get postcard notifications, instructing them to never mention the ex-partner in your present, and that is that. So it's, it's kind very, it has the same energy of, like, Truman's show in that sense, yeah. because his life is being controlled by everything around him. So that is the kind of, it, it's a sci-fi film, but it kind of feels plausible, and it's it's like almost like ghosting it, it, with it, a technological it's, edge. It's interesting because it's kind of like he went into a room one day, and instead of seeing a therapist, he saw someone that erased his memories. Because that's yeah. how it feels when he goes into the room. Like, yeah. it looks like a medical clinic. Yep. Um... um Okay, but so yeah, moving back forward. to what I said, I would never give up my memories because I associate so many different things with memories, and that's part of the whole way that they're stripping him of her yeah. is by like disassociating all of these things. Um, this makes you very similar to the main character, though. But I would never ever do that. Like it would hurt me so much yeah. to even think that I lost it. That I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to give it up. I'd want to keep it, even if it meant I was in pain. I want to hold on to it. So let me let me keep going. Then. Great acting, bit. though, by everyone involved, in my opinion. Um, but the story itself really bothered me because I didn't like... It wasn't necessarily that I didn't like how the relationship unfolded. I didn't like that it was like a really long breakup. And it was a breakup in the sense that they'd broken up, but he was losing her. Like, straight up losing pieces of her. And, yeah, I just... Okay, so let me let me get into a little bit of what you're saying as well as... Mm. The Vanity Fair article. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. you have your own Not thoughts. entirely, yeah. Um, so, okay, so upon learning of this, like, this is what's happening to himself, because he doesn't, you know, automatically doesn't recall. Yeah. Joel tries to cling to his memories. Yeah. So he can hear the technicians in his brain as much as he can hear his interactions, which are his memories, with Clementine that are being seized from him. Yeah. And the title implies eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. For me, it's like ignorance is bliss. That's basically what it is. Because... Interesting. It's it, it only, only going to be half, like, the whole idea of the eternal sunshine is... Happy days, as long as yeah. he doesn't remember her. It's almost like a tagline for Lacuna. Because the title implies that we will always be happy if we have no negative memories. But we find that that's not true. Joel, the protagonist, disagrees with this notion. It's not that you're eternally happy if your mind is spotless. Because if you have no spots, you, do, you can't feel the difference between a good time and a bad time. If you have every day is a good day, you, you never, never know, have a good day. You never know. You never have a good day. It's just a day. Yeah. So... He disagrees with his notion. You can't cling to the emotion. For, and he opts for a sense of bittersweetness. He prefers to, to that. A anyway, the movie is absolutely the sentiment, like you said, is it better to have loved and lost or never have loved at all? And Joel believes it is better to feel the hurt and remember Clementine yeah. and all of those precious memories. That's what he finally comes to at the end. That as well is an interesting point to contend with, right? Most of the bad memories at this point have already been removed from Joel's mind. 
Yeah. So did that cause him to then, only then, did he decide that he wants to keep everything because he's only left with the warmth of the positive memories? Or would he have felt that way if he had the bad memories as well? You know? Yeah, well, with him naturally being depressive, you'd think that... They took those first. Yeah. So now he's only got the good ones left for the most yeah. part. For the most part. Um, so beyond these th the, these themes, there's some clever symbolism, and this is why I think it's worth the rewatch. You catch this symbolism because you know what the movie's about now, but you would not have caught it on the first watch. So one of the scenes where Joel quote-unquote meets for the first time Clementine is very multi-layered. So, because he's not really meeting her for the first time, he's accidentally meeting her for, the like, after their relationship. They both wiped... Yeah memories from themselves yeah but i think that's even worse that they yeah. both did it they, yeah because that means they had the same thought that yeah. ugh, they were so meant her to name be. her name in and of itself is symbolic oh my darling oh my darling oh my darling clementine and they bring this up in the in the movie you yeah. were lost and gone forever dreadful sorry clementine right there that is all lost and gone forever that's a play on it right i know but in addition when she brings this up he does not know the song that she's talking about and she thinks he's crazy because he's never heard of it. But he doesn't know the song because this is not the first time he's meeting her. This is post-procedure where his memories have been erased and that song was tied to his memory of her. So that's been erased too. Yeah. Therefore, he doesn't know the song. I know. Then there's also like the symbolism of ice in this movie as intimacy, which you don't see the first time, but, but you catch it. Later. I love when they're laying on it. It's all cracked. He's afraid of the ice breaking so much. And, and what will happen? Cracked. Yep, what will happen? But Joel is at his happiest when he's sitting with Clementine. laying. They're laying on the ice and together. It's cracked. It is a perfect metaphor for vulnerability and the fragility of giving into a moment, but how worth it is to experience it. Because he says this is the happiest he's ever been. It's just a movie you watch so you can cry. You just spend like an hour <laughs> and 40 minutes just crying. But the greatest part, in my like, opinion, in this movie is actually the twist and the greatest spoiler. So I'm going to spoil, if you don't want to know... If you don't want to watch this and cry your eyes out minutes. for an hour and 40 minutes, listen Give to Chelsea. Give me five minutes. Five minutes. So the greatest part in this film, in my opinion, is the twist, and it's also the greatest spoiler. Mm. So, remember the Lacuna technicians, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Kirsten Dunst plays Mary, who she, she kind of is an administrator of sorts. She's got an administrative role at Lacuna. And we find out that she's very, very interested in Dr. Howard Mirzovic, which is played by Tom Wilkinson, who is married. He's married, this doctor is. But she, she's very interested in him. So she kisses him, and she's totally into him. But then she runs into his wife and finds out via his wife that she had had, had her memories removed of their affair. Yeah. So they've already had an affair. This is she's and she not likes him all over again. And she likes him all over again. So knowing this now, Mary is like very conflicted. She wants to remember her affair with Howard just to avoid making the same mistake twice. And she actually wants to keep the memories for the same reason that Joel wants to keep his, specifically to remember her happiness, even if that happiness is ethically questionable. But she also has a revelation that the whole procedure is morally gray, and she decides to make a very bold move, which I'm pretty sure she's going to get fired for, <laughs> releasing all of the patient's records back to them so that they know that they've had their memories erased and presumably the details of what those memories pertain to. Yeah. So now <laughs> she's undone all of the work. So it's a very great twist in the movie. I like that she does that. That's the one thing I really there's, liked in it. There's questions of whether what she did is right or wrong as well. So it is so okay. much contemplation. You want to know why it's so right? You want to know why it's right? You want to know why it's right? It's because she's undoing a wrong. It was wrong for them ethics, to even do it. This it's is an, an ethics, ethics It's an debate. ethics problem that she fixed 
by being unethical. It's an interesting movie because, like, we could argue about this for days. And I love a movie that changes the more you see it. The layers start to reveal themselves and you see more Do you think what she did was good or bad? Ooh. I would say no. I say no. I say she shouldn't have done it. Why? I say she shouldn't have done it because these people, cho- it's not like they went and they, they extracted the memories from them. They're vulnerable though. The people they came in. They go to in. them and they're, when they're sad and shit and they go take away my sadness. That's not nice. Do, do, does Starbucks knock the cake out of your hand because you're going through a breakup? No. No, but you don't turn You're a, still a person with When you with go to decisions. Starbucks, you don't go, I'm feeling vulnerable. Can I have cake? You, you go there and you're just like, I've just had my heart broken. Can you remove this person from me? And you say no. You say you hold on to that heartbreak. You hold on to it. The so only one that I think it. is morally questionable, and that's because we don't know whether or not she chose to have it done, is with the doctor. Because the memory is attached yeah. to him. That's the only one where I say, mm, that's a little bit shady. Yeah. Because we know the context. Yeah. I can't make judgment on the entire co- company's operations. Anyway, it's very, very interesting. And and the thing is, the, as more time has gone on, it's more plausible, too. It is entirely People possible. I mean, it nuts. is brain damage that you're paying for, but... People are friggin' nuts. They, interesting. They though. like to, like, Frankenstein shit now. Like, there's a reason that they're... What's the Emma Stone movie that's, like, she's, like, the Frankenstein, like, gentle things or happy things or whatever. It's called, with Willem Dafoe, he looks like Frankenstein in it. I have no idea what you're talking about. <sighs> Came I out. couldn't. I couldn't be more confused. Okay, I'm, I'll, t- hold on, I'll figure it. Wine gum. I'll figure it out and tell you about it later. Okay. But yeah, hope you Would enjoyed. You like wine gum? No, thank you. What? You didn't answer my question. <laughs> you didn't answer. I, what do you mean? It's not Honey, a fan it's theory. It's not the end. This. Yeah. You want me to watch Eternal Sunshine Spot the Spine? When I need a good cry one day, I'll think about it. So yes, it'll be Atonement or I Eternal win. Sunshine. So. Take the, so take with this very you somber will. movie, I'm celebrating. You know it'll be Atonement or Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. I'll be Atonement watching too much. But it always makes me cry. There's more symbolism, I feel, in Eternal Sunshine. Who cares? I just want to cry. It won a freaking... Well, I think Atonement did too. Don't get started with me, sister. I We talked about Atonement during Oscar week. Yeah. and I, so it, it went for the weirdest shit, too. Anyway, we're getting distracted again. Um, I think yeah. Eternal Sunshine went, went for best screenplay. So the story is solid. Okay. I'm sticking by it. Um, I hope you I'm all enjoyed. I'm not even a huge fan of the movie, by oh the way. God. By the by. <laughs> not a huge fan. I hope you all enjoyed Tom Wilkinson's birthday bash with us. Depending on your mood, I feel like <laughs> yeah, from happiness to least happy. <laughs> that's how that's it went. That's the order. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to have a good laugh, full Monty, followed by if you want something dramatic and romantic and everything in between. Thanks for the emotional spectrum, Tom. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Great work. Bye.